de, de, de Colores Radio. De, de, de Colores Radio. Hi, bienvenidos. Welcome. How is everybody doing? Welcome to The Colores Radio. I said welcome twice. This is episode 32. I hope everyone is doing fantastic. As always, we appreciate you all listening. Happy summer. Happy pride. I'm your host, Eva Arreguin, and with me is my favorite co-host, Rafael Tamayo. Hi, welcome. <laughs> One more time. Welcome, welcome you guys. <laughs> welcome, everybody. Hi. Um, hi, Rafa. How are you? Was good. Um, I am 100% doing amazing today. You're and so lame. I couldn't be happier about just life in general. Stop! And, and all of that. So He told me he was feeling better, but he's not. And if he has a choke attack, you will hear it because he <laughs> won't take the homeopathic medicines I've been recommending. So hopefully by the time this comes out, he will have purchased them like a very... <coughs> look at him already choking. A uh, good adult. Rafa's doing well. I'm doing fairly well. What does that mean? There's been some drama. Really? Yes, you'll hear too much about it. I actually was not trying to be up in the juice today, but apparently things that I'm doing are juicy. Or I'm just talking. So How dare you have opinions? I mean, that's what my podcast is all about, <laughs> right? Complaining. Do, 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 Anyways, I've had quite a bit on my mind lately. I've been questioning something and wondering back and forth. So I kind of need your feedback. Oh, because of everything that's been going on. I want to give our listeners an insight into our personal energy. Ooh. Into how we are feeling right now. Into the reality of our existence. <laughs> I can't do it if you make me laugh. That's right. We're translating our feelings in the best way we know how. Memes. It's time for me mood. <coughs> wow. I was just, it's nothing. That's, I'm fine. What? Okay, sure. You're going to hear it the whole episode. <laughs> oh, gosh. What's your meme? So, oh. Gee, he's like to, in 15 places. I'm trying once. to enlarge the script. Okay. That's not a ding. It was almost a ding, but it then you said the script. Ding. It's yeah. fine. Um, sorry. Yeah, my, so I, I, I'm not feeling 100%. So I'm feeling 98%. Do you all remember one of the episodes we were recording? I was dying. We all are. Okay, we are. But I was like choking and I made y'all finish the episode. And then I went and bought the medicine the next day. And now I'm better. Really? I've been better since like two days after that. So that's why I've been telling you to take this medicine. And I'll let y'all know so that this medicine can sponsor us. Because I'm going to give y'all the plug during self-care corner. I'm going to go to Sprouts or to Ann's Health Food. Health Food. Health Food. Health food. Health food here in Oak Cliff, Texas. Shout out. And, uh... Anyways, what's your mood? So, yeah, I'm 98%, but I feel like this... Li- and so the... Don't listen. Don't pay attention to the caption. It says me to myself. I'm not going to fall in love with this person, but it says also me. But more... <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> right. It's hard to fall in love with someone okay. when love isn't real. But right. we're not going to get into that. Do, 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 um, do. <laughs> I feel like this little boy. So, he's... Oh, poor baby! 
Oh it just looks God. terrible because he's like his neck, his legs. Yeah. He shouldn't. But be then able at the end, look, he's happy. He's like, I'm still gonna laugh <laughs> and I'm still gonna smile through all the adversity, right? Through all of these obstacles, and and I'm glad to hear that you're still smiling. I am. <laughs> Keep shining. Um, <laughs> my me mood is definitely not as sweet. What? Speaking of Consuelo. Yeah, that's you got me. Um, my me mood is just a quick clip from the Tony Awards. And if you love theater, you know what those are. They're basically the equivalent of the Oscars for Broadway. So I didn't watch them because I can't keep up with Broadway anymore because I can't even watch these shows because they're not, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I was very happy to see that one, Robert De Niro, the like face of like mafia, masculinity, all these tough guy things, basically went up there and he was like, fuck Donald Trump. And I was like, oh my God. And so everybody started clapping and then he said it again. They didn't bleep it. Everybody stood up and it was amazing. And I was like, I feel this. I am Robert De Niro. That's how I feel. And I'm glad, stop, you're making the fucking Robert De Niro face. I just was happy to see that, even though it's a very simple thing that I think lots of people in Hollywood could be doing, but someone mm-hmm. with his amount of power, it's really cool to see. And I was like, yes, queen. So yeah. That's pretty cool. Indeed. Stop making your Robert face. Anyways, last episode, we got a little sidetracked with some rap beef. Sure did. There's not much of an update from that. There isn't. Um... I th- I hope Drake is okay. I he pretty much only said, "Hey, you guys, this was what this meant. It's not what you think it is, and it didn't yeah. really make a big difference to me." And he still hasn't said anything in return. So I think his album's supposed to come out soon. And there's that. Don't know if that's actually happening though. I mean, it's hard to come. It's hard to not say anything in rap. Right. And. We'll see. We'll see. It'll be interesting. Um, And we've been going with the theme of hip hop the last few episodes. However, I think I want to start switching things up a little bit because hip hop is forever. And we talk about it all the time, um, always. And whether we like the current state of it or not, we will continue writing for it and telling the stories that need to be heard. So I want to start doing things a little differently today. Not start doing things differently. I just want to move on to our next theme slowly um and start announcing the direction of our next art show which you'll hear more about later Woo! um we have a lot to cover and we brought in a very special friend of ours that you've met before and our dear friend <laughs> told <laughs> she like looked around <laughs> when i said that like she didn't know who it was she's like i know she ain't talking about me she said <laughs> friend <laughs> <laughs> she is a friend you want me right now um gang, gang. Uh, the the lovely, the talented, the strong, the amazing Maria Yolisma Garcia is with us today. And we'll get to hear a little bit more about her personal story um, and whatever she's willing to share with us because she's very involved with the uh, undocumented community and we're very grateful to have her here with us. So now that we have our me moods, we are ready to roll. It is time for El Juguito, the juice, where we cover the latest gossip on pop culture, politics, news, and more. 
Are you okay? Yeah, oh, okay. I'm a hundred. I'm ninety-eight percent. Did you sneeze? No. Oh, you okay? I'm fine. I stop. Okay. Oh my god. It's not like demon. Smawful. Sneeze and laugh. Um, Smawful. No. <laughs> I just made that up for sneezing and laughing. I don't know. I almost liked it. All right. So as always, we start with the rough news first. Um, I believe it was shortly after we recorded last time uh, that news about the Fuego Volcano in Guatemala um, was received. I believe it is at 114 victims that have passed, unfortunately. I haven't personally seen much information on major media outlets. Like There was some coverage at the beginning, and now I haven't seen much at all. Um, So... Obviously devastating. We wanted to highlight somewhere where you can donate. And I want to say thank you to anybody and everybody that watched my stories on our Instagram. Because I was like shouting out some some people that I think needed some love and needed some donations. Um, and we helped, I believe, at least one of them reach their goal, which is really cool. I don't know if we helped. But I like to think that with our platform, we at least give people the opportunity to donate if they feel called to do so, I know when I have the funds, I try to, but it's not always easy to do so. Right. Um, but literally anything helps, like a dollar, five dollars, twenty dollars, anything. Um, so, if you are looking to donate, there is a GoFundMe um, that is where you can support it slash Guatemala dash volcano and it gives you a list of different ones you can donate to um there is also the red cross which always help and they're like the godfather of donations i again i think we discussed it last time during harvey that we're kind of weary or i'm kind of weary of the red cross um there's also the miguel vargas association which is accepting donations to aid with recovery um so yeah let's not forget to help guatemala as well as, of course, Puerto Rico, because I believe numbers came out and they were, like, huge in comparison to what we were actually being broadcasted that it was. Um, So these are all terrible, terrible (coughs) tragedies. Um, And obviously, if the government doesn't have our back, then we have to help our people. Uh, The next terrible story is... A story I had heard briefly about, um, I think they even talked about it on the read, and recently the couple was sentenced um, for murdering this young eight-year-old boy. So this is like a really, 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 really terrible story, and like I was, I, it was hard to read, and it's really devastating. Um, but it's it's a Latino family, and so I thought it was very important to highlight. Um, because a young eight-year-old boy was killed because his family thought he was gay. And it's hard to talk about, and it is unfortunate, and it is devastating, and it is everything horrible in the world you could ever imagine, um, because they were literally torturing this little boy. And, um, yeah, it it happened in 2013, (coughs) but I think just recently is when they were sentenced. Um a few weeks ago. I don't even want to tell the details because it's like, it's a lot. It's like super devastating. 
I don't even know what else to say besides rest in power to this this young boy whose life was taken by people who clearly are evil and ugly and don't know anything about what love and life is. And yeah, I don't know if you have anything to say. I mean, you can't write that stuff. It's hard to It's hard to read. I mean, I, I don't know how anyone in their right mind could think that any of that is, is justified for whatever reason. But, like, with the details of, of what that boy went through. Ugh. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, and we say a lot on here, but, like, those, I, I, I definitely, you know, yeah. going into the details of that is just, oh, my God. It, it yeah. hurts. So, um, I know this is horrible and it's pride and all of that, but we can't forget these stories because this is how a lot of humans still are. And the fact that this is a thing that happens, um, is telling of where we are as a society. Um, and so I didn't want to ignore that at all. So rest empowered to young Gabriel Fernandez who, who was murdered and, um, we will keep moving on. I also want to remind everyone that when we are recording this, it is the day it is the day of the second anniversary since Pulse, the Pulse shooting in Orlando happened. Um, and so I wanted um, just to, I guess, take a moment to remember those people. We could take a moment every single episode, it seems like, because the shit hasn't stopped and it's horrible. Um, Again, but the Pulse shooting felt very targeted and was targeted at the Latino and um, people of color community. Um, so I wanted to take a minute for that. And then I wanted to hopefully uplift us a little bit with a sweet message I saw from our friend Richard Thina of Song Mess Podcast um, that he shared what pride means to him to hopefully uh, remind us all of the beauty of pride and um, I'm just, you know, so we'll take a minute or take a moment and then I'll read Richard's pride message. All right. Richard Viega said, pride to me is the indescribable energy we all feel on June 1st. Pride to me is the giddiness of two of my friends beginning to fall for each other. Pride to me is about the boy who shared with me the current struggle of his coming out and being there when he needed a shoulder to cry on. Pride to me is shopping and cocktails with my friends this weekend, getting called putos at the flea market and shrugging it off because it wasn't the first or the last time for any of us and it wasn't about to ruin the kiki. Pride to me is about a heightened sense of self, a time of year for queers and trans folk folks to be ourselves in a more overt and meaningful way a time to review our history and honor our fallen heroes two years after pulse i'm still haunted by the punch to gut i felt when i saw the news that morning nothing has changed homophobes are still in power and gun lobbyists laugh at our dead and our and children and this is why i celebrate because they hate us always will and we need to be in their face reminding them we're still here so thank you, Richard, for letting us share that um, because I really enjoyed seeing that on my timeline today. Um, we're almost done with the rough news. I promise. I promise. We're almost there. Um, this topic 
is something I think kind of near and dear to us, perhaps. Uh, we had our mental health um, shows and everything around this time last year, and it was Mental Health Awareness Month, I believe, last month, and um, we didn't, we never mentioned that, but we're always constantly, obviously, advocating for taking care of your mental health, and I try to be pretty honest about mine because I wish people were honest about theirs, <laughs> and it just helps me to feel better. Um, so it was really unfortunate to hear first about Kate Spade, I believe was like on Tuesday of last week. It was like pretty early on. And then Friday, I want to say, was when Anthony Bourdain's suicide came out. And I think a lot of people um, were really, really shocked and hurt um, with reason. I... Um, it's hard. It's hard to talk about. It's really hard to talk about. And it's not the first suicide we've talked about even this year. Like, it's it's real. And the suicide rates have gone up yeah. in this country, I believe, by 25% since 1999. And it's telling. It's All of these things are telling of where we are as a society and how we treat ourselves, how we treat each other. Um, and there's so much to be said about mental health. There's so much to be said about suicide. So obviously people were really shocked with Kate Spade. And I don't think a lot of us knew that much about her personal life so much. Um, but they knew her, of course, for her work in fashion. Because um, she was a big trailblazer there for women, which was really amazing. Um, but a lot of people... I myself included. I can't even pretend I was a like a big fan that watched all his stuff. Like I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I don't have Kate Spade purses, and I didn't want. I don't. I don't have cable. I don't watch CNN that often. But I knew the power of these people, right? Kate Spade for different reasons, but Anthony Bourdain. I think everybody I know, everywhere I saw on any social media platform, was shook, and it was so telling of the power of this human being, and that's what I think people don't realize is that even these greatest people, the richest people, the whatever, they're all, we're all suffering and we're not talking about it. And we're carrying all these pressures and trying to remain happy or look happy. And we're, we end up killing ourselves. We end up hurting ourselves. Um, so yeah. Ugh, this is a rough episode to start. Whew. That's a rough scene, My man. chest hurts. Um, so damn, like Anthony Bourdain was crazy just because he was such an advocate for for our community which is so rare for like was, a white the, man the, with power yeah, to do there was an authenticity about him yeah you know that that kind of it, it it i don't know like when you talk about what he did and how he did his thing it was crazy to see him go beyond what he was just so passionate about mm -hmm. and see it like go into other parts of our culture and like the whole thing with him and Obama at that at that yes, you know that was restaurant amazing. they like ended up you know putting it with uh, like a museum yeah and like I remember I don't I want to I don't know if it was Michelle Wolf or not but I think someone had made a joke about CNN ruining news and it's like lately the only thing I learned from CNN is where to eat noodles oh and it's my like God, well yeah because they, you know and it's funny cuz People started associating CNN a lot with because of the things that Anthony was doing. Right. But he made, he humanized so many people 
that were never humanized that never meant yeah. anything and he was at like avidly against trump avidly um advocating for undocumented people's rights and saying hey all the people making your food are either mexican or central american and y'all need to know this and recognize this and it's amazing i hate that we always and it always happens where we don't realize the power of a person until they're gone and that is what's really heartbreaking and there's a lot of talk about mental health and how to do things and this and that and this and it's it's different for everybody. Everybody's going to handle it how they want to handle it. Um, but don't think of, <coughs> I hope you all don't think of suicide as selfish um, because it's so much more than that. And it's very serious. Um, so before the end of the episode, I, we will, we can put the hotline on there, but even that, like that doesn't always help from what I saw, I was looking at some people responding and saying, like, the, the line didn't help me. It made me feel worse. And I was like, shit. Yeah. Like, we really just need to reach out to one another, check on each other, love on each other, let people know you care about them while they're still here. Um, I think that's all I can say about it right now without getting, like, whew, Yeah, because, I mean, it's it's so rough because, you know, it, we, we try to, like, really be supportive in ways that, you know are really presented as counterproductive to a person who's suffering through things like that. And mm-hmm. so when you're going through this downward spiral, a- everything that you hear is is going to attack, feel like an attack, you oh, know what absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. And so, you know, offering words of support and, you know, words of advice and all of that, especially with the hyperconnectivity of social media is really easy, but in in the way that it's just as easy to to you know, retweet something that seems like supportive. Right. Um, it's it's that difficult for someone who's suffering through that to really understand what it means to ask for help right. because the 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 belief is that there is no help, that there is no way out. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think it I, I think it 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 warrants a lot more of a proactive approach on people that um, that have either understood or understand what that means uh, going through things like that and. Uh, you know, really empathizing and trying to reach out in a way that you know would be helpful, um, aside from just, you know, hey, bud, I got you. If you need anything, holler, you know? Right, right, right. And I think we need a, I mean, and just reaching out means something. Uh, put your pride aside. I think a lot of times we're like, ah, they don't <coughs> care. Uh, whatever, they'll be fine. And it's like, no, like, these are cries for help often. Um, and we should recognize that no matter, and especially, and I've said it before, especially men, you are not that tough like that. Like, we're not just, we're all emotional creatures. I know we like to pretend women are these super dramatic emotional creatures when it's like, no, we all are like this. Men, you have been conditioned to pretend that you are stronger than your emotions and you don't have any and you do. Um, So it's very important for you to take care of your health, acknowledge your um, issues and and hopefully reach out to someone or get help of some form again help is different for everyone there's no right way to do it but we're all especially in times like these we're all suffering so do not ever think you're alone and when i say if you need someone to talk to i mean you can slide in my dm and i will talk to you okay i am that serious because i know what that feeling of like <coughs> complete loneliness and dread and questioning everything is about and so like I got you. Um, anyways, I think now we can move on from the sad news. Rest in power to all these these lost lives that that um, 
you know, really meant something. Um, in much brighter news, I was, I'm excited that this is popping off, but I'm trying to like, uh, I'm trying to avoid the spoilers. So the On the Run tour, On the Run 2 tour, stop, has commenced. Uh, it started, I believe, last week. Oh, really? And then all these, stop, you're... <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, okay, so it started, and all these pictures were coming out, and Ari was sending them to me, and I was like, please stop sending them. I don't want it to be ruined. And so there was all these things. They're like, are these the twins? Oh, my God. And people were freaking out, and they weren't the twins. And so it's like, okay, well, I don't know. It looks great. I'm excited, even though I have not bought my tickets. And I kind of want you to go, but I don't want you to be disappointed. Like the the our listeners, or who are you? You! Pat? Really? I'm looking uh, straight at you and pointing at you. Oh, Pat's me? going. I know Pat's going. Me? You. I don't think, I don't think uh, Beyonce would disappoint. I need every. Shut up. I need everyone to see Beyonce live like once. Really? Everyone? Everyone. If everyone could, if I had the money to pay for everybody to see Beyonce once, I would, I would pay for it. But I really wow. think you need to see her. And then you get the two-for-one combo if you go to the On The Run tour. <laughs> Buy tickets to Beyonce and get Jay-Z for free. There you go. And I heard DJ Khaled's <laughs> going to be on there, even though I'm not going to talk about him again. Because uh, whatever. We know. He don't even mm. uh, know how to pleasure a woman. But that's a different story. <laughs> Sorry if there's children listening. Um, His meal plan ain't. <laughs> 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 he's still working out though good for him but oh whatever. no i didn't mean meal plan like that. oh i was like damn i feel attacked <laughs> what, no, were you what kind I of meant, meal you talking about I mean his meal planning because of what he i thought you meant will, like eating tacos if you know yeah exactly <laughs> thank pat. you pat we love your beautiful inside i will give you that one girl that was a good one that was good finally i'm proud pat. of you it took her 32 yeah. episodes <laughs> yeah jean <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so, um, also kind of in similar news, I heard that Angie Martinez, the votes are happening, are open to vote for her to be in the Radio Hall of Fame. If you don't know Angie Martinez, just leave, just go. Everybody needs to know Angie Martinez. She's like legendary queen, DJ, uh, rapper herself, just True. like she's the... She's like the queen of hip hop to me as far as like, I feel like in general, like just, I mean, obviously DJ, DJ queen. Yeah. But even deeper than that, like she, like even in her interview, she gets mad deep. Like she's not just a DJ to me. She's so much more. So voting is open to get her into the radio hall of fame. I just wanted to say that because she deserves the love. And just before... We started recording. I realized that the double XL. Hey. I always say XXL because, you know, plus size. <laughs> Freshman class of 2018 came out. What are your initial thoughts, Rafa? Black boys on there. Shoot. Shoot. Lil Pump's on there. 
Ski mask. Yikes. Who else? Uh, I don't remember. Trippy red. So I'm sh- I wonder how. Those are all the ones I know. So like, I wonder how names. one Takashi sixty nine feels about so that. He's running for his life right now, so I think he's fine. Is he? He was on Chicago feeding the homeless. Was he? Yeah. Shut up! He's I like, didn't see that. Yeah, he's like giving meals out, and he's like, Chicago, I love y'all, man. Shut up! I didn't yeah. see that. He's yeah. He's a mess. He is. Um. So it's. Slump, the slump god. Oh yeah. This is why old hip hop heads make fun of <laughs> new hip hop. Did you see that article that on it said like Spotify has counted the number of artists with the Lil? Lil? That's yeah. so funny. It was like over five thousand, yeah, right? It was something crazy. super dramatic. Um, uh, Lil Pump, uh, Smoke Perp. <laughs> I'm like <clears throat> sounding all proper. I'm like, uh, Wi-Fi is funeral. <laughs> yeah. Trippy Red. These are their Twitter names. I don't know their actual names, all of them. Um, Steph London, who is a a uh, female rapper from, guess it, London. Hello. Um, <laughs> YBN Namir. Am I saying this wrong? You sound like you're from London. <laughs> uh, Jid, J-I-D. I believe it's Gid. Shut up. Shut up. I'm so tired of you. You sound like a teacher. Um, and I think I named them all. I, <laughs> Jesus. Honestly. A-Ron. A-Ron. Lil Skies. Is that somebody else? Yeah. You, I you. miss Lil Skies? Yeah. But he unfortunately refused to attend the shoot after originally accepting the offer. Why? What the hell? He Love felt he was more in the it. sophomore. <laughs> oh wow anyways this is I you don't have any initial feelings uh i don't i mean i feel like it's in line with what what's whatever i <sighs> i'm not excited about the list at all Same. uh I mean, last props. year i was at least a little bit excited about like three yeah this year I mean, i'm not I, at all I, i'm not hating like props on on y'all's grind or whatever I'm not a big fan. Block boy, block boy, get your shine on, cause you that know. Sounds, did it sound like kind of racist if, if I said that? Never mind. What? You said what? So there's a lot of colored hair. Oh, <laughs> does that mean, sound bad? You mean like Maybe? dyed different colors? Yes, and it's just a lot. Oh, okay. Anyway, I mean, that's not what bothers me. But. No, it's not like the bother. I'm just like I'm not that into. I don't. I'm really not into any of them. Like there's some bangers from a couple of these I know and like. Yeah. But like. Shoot. Shoot! Hey! Shoot! Hey! Shoot! Um, <laughs> but like Double XL is supposed to represent with this <clears throat> issue, which is their biggest thing every year, like the new faces of hip hop, right? Are, are they still in print though? Like, are- I don't know. Actually, they should be, but I doubt it. It doesn't. I don't see millennials going to the store and buying magazines. Yes, sir. I'll get one of the Double XL magazines, please. <laughs> or what gen are they? Gen, uh, gen X's? Z. Gen Z. Sorry. I'm gen probably Z. Gen X. Gen Z's. Gen the Z's. Gen Z's probably don't go by this. I it bet you like... my niece and nephew love this lineup because I feel like they like uh, some of these people and I'm not dang. into them. But maybe so that means I'm getting old. you're saying that... I'm for real. That they means like that. I'm hella old. I didn't say that, but you said but it. You didn't say that, but you said that. I was talking about that. myself. Anyways, Dang. spending too much time on this freshman class that really low-key is trash, in my opinion. Dang. So, we will move on to big news. Freaking IHOB. What the hell? 
IHOB. They're brazy for that one. Oh, Jesus. Y'all brazy for that one. So everybody was like, I didn't think it was going to blow up like it did. Like, I saw it on Twitter and people were just guessing. Like, people were like, bacon, breakfast, like very reasonable guesses. Biscuits is what they made fun of on Jesus and Miro. Yeah. And then these fools <clears throat> came out and said, burgers. They flipped the damn P, turned it to a B, and now they're trying to be the international house of Boygas. Yeah. Um, I mean, regardless of whether it's a good idea or not, whoever thought of it is like, they they must have gotten some kind of promotion or right. raise because everybody's talking about right. it. Right. This is the biggest, Everybody this is the biggest attention they've gotten in yeah. years. That's true. So... I don't really know if I'm going to go to IHOB and get a burger. <coughs> I'm going to stick to my strawberry banana pancake breakfast combo. Hey, what if they don't have pancakes anymore? What uh, if they're, they're just They're burgers? still going to do pancakes. It just feels weird. Good for them for getting that attention. It's been funny to see all the other damn restaurants react and change their names. It's also been funny to see people equate it to a gang affiliation. What you? I don't... <laughs> what do you mean? Up, you blood? know exactly what I mean, okay? Blood gang. <laughs> Anyways, IHOB, good luck with your fucking burgers. I don't know if I'll ever get one, but, you know, you're doing new things. And in that similar regard, Sonic has created they have not created this let's be honest pickle fucking snow cones was my whole childhood i saw it as like a hood ass <laughs> thing right am i wrong <laughs> She's gonna choke is it not a hood ass drink okay. all right so sonic has decided they're gonna do a pickle slush which it's is, actually pretty good you did not try it i did it's it's actually really good when when did you I try a little it? bit of tahine on top stop that's not funny that's like real life i'm so you saw me when Today. It just came out. Today. Where? I asked you if you wanted some Sonic drink. I said no because I had already had it. Anyways, he's lying. False advertisement. Fake news. And Fake news. To me, this is silly. I'm not even that mad, but I do like a slush or is like a snow cone. And pickle snow cones were my life as a kid. Uh, at Tasty Ice off of Beltline was good. What's, um, where's that? If you're from Gran Prairie, you know that, okay? Oh, okay. Right? Do you know Tasty Ice? Yeah. Sorry. Okay, see? She's not from there, but she knows. I, I know. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. I know, the, I know the Pulga. Oh, my God. Everybody knows the Pulga. Shout out Trader's Village. Anyways. Okay, I've said anyways 15 <coughs> times. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to my show. I'm only 32 <laughs> episodes in. Sonic, I guess I'll try it. I kind of want to try it, but I don't want to buy it. I, it's kind of good i, I guess. guess little hair flip <laughs> um yeah i don't know these restaurants must be bored and or looking for money i guess because they're just like let's do new things that attract the they want to make sure they're ready in 40 years when they know what the numbers are and make sure that they're catering to the demo that's taking over the u.s hello give me that pickle slush um, you're cochino. Now is the moment you all have been waiting for. Dun, da, da, dun, da, 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 dun. I'll start with the one I don't know that much about. Um, shout out to Erika Chilome, who mentioned this to me. And I was like, I will share this info because you sent it my way. And I trust you. So, apparently, I don't know if you know anything about this, actually. I don't Brahma. know what we're talking about. So apparently there is a a mural in Deep Ellum mm -hmm. of Sitting Bull. 
He was a gifted... Oh, yes. I wonder, did who did that? He did, was gifted many eagle feathers originally earned by community members. They gifted him their feathers to honor him, placing a huge responsibility on his shoulders as a leader. At the same time, it was a way of saying, we also got your back. His image is currently appropriated by the Profit Bar, a venue that serves alcohol while using a logo of an indigenous man who was assassinated because his influence was a threat to American settler colonialism. <clears throat> the Profit Bar continues to abuse his likeliness without permission from the family or community. So thank you to Erika for sharing that with me. I didn't know much about it. I have attended the Profit Bar once. Mm-hmm. I think literally once. Um, so, basically, what I'm getting at is that there have been, oh, wow, they really use it as their, like, logo. That is, makes me uncomfortable. I did not know that. Um, thank you for bringing that to our attention. I didn't know that. Um, and a few, I told you all a couple times, I saw, I'm sorry I didn't get to it before, but the White Detectives, a local coffee, drink, bookstore, Shop, just just so Gentrifier. people just so people know that have never been there or never heard of it. It's called the Wild Detectives. Oh, it's not the White Detectives. <laughs> but I'm I'm. <laughs> it's not the White Detectives. I got it mad. I messed up. You got it mad. You got them mad. <laughs> I you did. got them. Why you mad though? Why you mad though? Why does everybody hate me? I'm just kidding. Um. So the Wild Detectives, aka the White Detectives. I said it on accident, and it stuck with me, and I love yeah. it. So, a few weeks ago, I was emailed or messaged on Facebook, because that's what professional communication is nowadays, I roll. And they were like, hey, girl, would you like... Who was it, though? It was... What is her no, name? It, it, you don't have to put her name on blast, but I feel like it's just interesting the way the positioning of communication is presented. Right. Me. So, it wasn't the white woman in charge. It was the person below her. Um which was a Latina woman, mm -hmm. I think. Basically, so there's this white woman in charge who has been called out a couple of times because this establishment is pr one of the most prominent, like, first key to the gentrified area known as Bishop Arts. Um, correct <clears throat> me if I'm wrong in any of this, since you've been around here longer than I have. No, you're right. Um, and so they've been called out multiple times by people like Erika Chilome, and um, they kind of refuse to accept their bullshit. Um, so then they reached out to me. The Latina woman reached out to me and said, Hey, would you be interested in hosting, moderating the conversation with Jessica Salgado? Jessica Salgado, one of the biggest Latino, Latina artists right now, El Salvadorian from Cali, Super dope, great poetry, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yes, she's a fat woman and proud, and I would love to do this. Makes sense. It makes sense for my listeners, yada, yada, yada. So then I'm like, is there some form of compensation, which I don't think is too much to ask. I'm not big baller brand. I'm not telling you to pay me a couple hundred, anything, <clears throat> but any form of anything shows me that you're, you care to some degree or right. you're validating my time and my my work because I don't just show up and say hey how are you doing like I research I create content it's homework yeah it's, it's work it's, it's, it's work uh, this isn't yeah. just even these episodes like I I stay up mad late sometimes and do this because I love to do it um so I ask her if there's a form of compensation and she's like oh no 
we don't have anything. We we just um, didn't budget it out this year, but thank you for the recommendation. And I I, I, I want to, when, when you showed us the messages, she said something about we figured it would be something that you could use for your listeners. Right. In, in that speak of, hey, this is great exposure for you kind of. Oh, absolutely. And That's so, what a lot of people do that have reached out to me for the record um, because apparently I don't have exposure enough, which we will learn more about soon. Um, and people think they're doing a huge favor for exposure, which that's bullshit. That's a way for them to not pay you, basically. Yeah. Um, so she says that I say that back and I'm like, um, you all definitely are an established place that makes profit and you're trying to bring in my community you should really consider budgeting for the future this in your plan because it's work and you're asking for me to advertise and to bring a crowd in more than this already would have because she's great and people want to come to this but my listeners trust me when I do things so there's a reason we have something going and I asked about compensation so then I said, I'll still do it because I love my, my listeners and I love my people and I love Jessica. And she basically was like, no, it's okay. We'll get somebody else to do it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, word. Okay, that's fine. So I won't, I won't do it. That's, that's cool. I can email Jessica myself. I have connections with her. I've met her before. So surely she's going to listen, especially because she don't even know this is a super gentrified ass spot. And she has no reason to know. She's not from here. Um, so then that happened. Days leading up to it, <coughs> they posted on their account. And Maria actually was the one that called me. I was on my way to Denton to visit my uh, old college. And Maria's like, have you seen the account? And I was like, what? What happened? Maria, feel free to jump in. You can jump in. Mm-hmm. So I was like, um, no, what's happening? And she's like, it's blowing up. I was like, let me tell yeah, you. I was like, girl, what? Do you remember what all the juice was? So they started tagging um, uh, Edika mm-hmm. on it. And so they deleted her comment and blocked her from the account. Right, right, so right. she wouldn't keep commenting on it. Because she was calling them out. Yeah, she was basically calling them out about it. And... Um, you know, she had support system in the comments and they're like, hey, why did y'all block her? Why did you remove her comments? Right, and because it's a known thing that this this white woman in charge of their programming has done this and kind of silences women of color that say something or question anything with the wild detectives. Yeah, and that's basically what she was voicing it out because of them, like being gentrifiers and stuff and they had deleted it and then she got unblocked and they claimed that it was oh, it was like a something happened or whatever. It was an accident, quote right. unquote. And they had blocked her from the whole page, I think, right? Yeah. And this wasn't the Wild Detectives. This was the Women's Galore. Oh, yes. Yeah. So this page. is a whole Women's yeah. Galore, supposed mm-hmm. to be for Women's Month or something in celebration of all these women. And so it was just really kind of comical because it's like, oh, you're celebrating women, but here you are silencing us mm-hmm. or telling us like, no, you don't deserve to get paid. Um, so then... That happened, and so I call Erika up, and I'm like, girl, let me tell you what happened to me, because I thought it was funny that these things obviously work hand-in-hand, hand. they're run by the same person, yeah. and they really don't care about our feelings, obviously. Um, so I chatted with her, and it really, 
any and and this is for even the story i'm gonna give y'all after this with the rustic which you know a lot of people have already kind of been laughing laughing with because all we're doing is telling you how we feel right and that hurts y'all's feelings so bad if I was going to go riot or protest or stage a protest or boycott, like big major shit, y'all wouldn't know what to do. And y'all are lucky. I don't even got the time to do that. I have people or know people that are beautiful in our community that are down to do that. But that's not my purpose right now. <clears throat> if it yeah. gets there, that's fine. But the fact that y'all can't even handle this criticism is telling of your white feminism. Because that's what it is that's 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 why it's toxic that's why it's not beneficial that's why it's not intersectional and that's what we're talking about when you silent silence black and brown women so basically with that that day i was like i still want to meet up with jessica i don't really care to go to the event that much because i just feel weird about it and um apparently that person in charge there i'm not going to put her name on blast because i don't care that much but if you want to know i could tell you no problem um because she's known in this area. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just, she makes me feel uncomfortable. She's very fake, shocker. Um, and I don't see her planning to work with me in any way. And it was just really funny because, she, you know, she's sending off this meek little Latina woman to contact me and like, oh, you know, can we do this? And I'm like, girl, talk to me directly. Like, come on now. Um, so anyways, that day we end up going to the end of the event and I'm like, everybody post up with me. We might have to, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so we go to the end of it. Cause I still wanted to say hi to Jessica and you know, a good handful of our friends are there. And so the Latina woman comes up to me like 15 minutes in it's at the end. So everybody's like leaving and she comes up and she's like, are you Eva? And I was like, yes, I am. She's like, wow, it's so good to meet you. And I was like, nods head i can't lie to you and pretend that i'm really excited to meet you because i'm not and i'm not good at lying yeah. and so she was like i just wanted to clarify about what happened because as soon as you start calling them out and they're getting that bad press from the community they're mm -hmm. shook because they know that we hold power yeah. and that we that our people ride with us and they know that that doesn't look good on them so she's like i just wanted to clarify that you know we really just didn't have it in our budget and da, da 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 and I'm just like hearing her talk my ear off and I'm just like, okay, sure. Okay. Cause I'm like, what do you want me to say? Yeah. Like I have nothing nice to say. I'm not I ain't trying to box. Like that's not who I am. I'm not really violent. <laughs> like I don't know what you want from me. And I said, you need to understand that this location by the community that that you're in is gentrified. I said, and she was like, I don't I don't understand what you're talking about. She's like, I'm from Argentina. I was like, oh, okay. So you're not even going to understand what gentrification means, I guess. Because I, I don't know how that's handled in other countries, but it's very prominent here. And I said, so y'all are displacing people. You don't know how that affects the community. And then you don't support the community that's actually working within it. And she was just like, well, I don't see it as that bad. Like... When people come in, like, they're usually happy. Like, she's basically, like, she doesn't understand gentrification. So, I wasn't about to get into it. Like, I was just, like, she doesn't even understand what that is. <clears throat> this is a lost cause. And I said, basically, like, you need to talk to your homegirl because she knows what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. And she has you doing her dirty work. Yeah. Um, and I said, I wish you the best. I said, because if you're bringing in Latina women, we want to see 
it represented by Latina women, especially in the community. Um, so I didn't like go too hard or anything on her. I was just like huge eye roll because yeah. it was such a joke. Um, and, uh, yeah. So I, that was a few weeks back. So I'm probably missing some of the parts I kind of forgot. And so we ended up talking to Jessica a little bit and she's sweet and great. And we were planning on working with her in the future, but I probably not, will not be going to the white detectives myself anymore. Um, plot twist. It's owned by white, white Latinos, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're bringing... Who, who are they <laughs> it makes me feel weird. And that's a conversation we need to freaking have. And we've kind of had a little bit on this podcast. But like, white Latinos, y'all act just like white people. And you need to recognize your whiteness in that. Because it is annoying as hell. Um, because <laughs> all the white Latinos in the room are looking down right now. But y'all, stop. No, but y'all know what it is. Like, that's the thing. If you can even admit that you're white Latino, it's like a big step. Because a lot of them are like, but what? Are you, you're mad because I don't look the same as you? Just because I'm not as brown as you doesn't mean, I'm like, shut the fuck. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I think. It's like white tears. Like, we're tired. People always talk about, you know, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of like, conversations and panels about something and you know when it feels like to me like, we're beating it a going? dead horse yeah, yeah. I agree. um but i do think that there comes a point um with the majority of things where people actually need to listen and listen as an action like actively right, and listen that's it. and that's it and and yeah i might not have anything to say but there are some things that i need to hear Right. And it doesn't mean that i can't have opinions about it it just means you that you can still feel your feelings exactly it, no, it, for sure. So it's and that's very kind of works hand in hand with the rustic situation. So with these situations, I pretty much I don't go at it as like, I'm going to start a Twitter fight today. Yeah. Woo like, no, that is not my goal in life. I state my mind kind of like I do on this podcast. And I just roll with what I believe to be the truth or what I believe to be an injustice of some sort. Um, so with the rustic, I had seen it a few months ago on Facebook about the rustic selena night and i was like get the fuck out of here what in the hell and this was months ago and so i was like all right like 214 selena just passed other selena events around the city just passed like why are they doing this in june in june <laughs> it has nothing to do with any date particular to selena so it really just felt like oh y'all just trying to use her name to get the money she brings in. Yeah. Whereas like, that's not our purpose with 214 Selena at all. Right. Um, so I just saw that and I kind of laughed. I was like, whatever, you know, that's stupid. That's annoying. Cause none of these feel genuinely authentic and celebrating her legacy. Mm -hmm. That's what that, that purpose was. Then a couple days ago, I'm on twitter.com and I see that, they have tweeted from their rustic account saying Selena lookalike contest and da, da 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 and all these great things that are happening on this date. So I'm like, what the hell? They're really trying to do what we're doing. Like they are copying what we've done, like a lookalike con like everything, you know? Yeah. And so I was just like, okay. And so I go to the comments of the tweet and this girl is, and her name is Raquel, shout out to her, because if she hadn't posted that, I wouldn't have known about what was going on. Yeah. Uh, I believe her name is Raquel Cervantes. Um, 
she posted screenshots from the Facebook event. I wasn't on the Facebook event. I had no idea what was going on, but she posted screenshots from the artist, Susanna Schaffel, mm -hmm. or something like that. Yep. She apparently was on The Voice, and I'm sure she has a great voice, but they had a whole Selena event with Susanna Schaffel performing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody knows a little thing or two about Selena. My girl was... Selena Quintanilla, like Selena Quintanilla, okay? She's Mexican-American. Her whole thing is about that. We know this. Y'all know this. You know who I am. You know what my podcast is. Like, it's not a game. Um, anyways, so she posted screenshots saying, like, basically that this white woman was performing. And I was like, LOL, what? Like, I didn't know this part. And so she starts posting what Susanna was replying. So they started blocking Raquel mm. and silencing her because she was calling them out. Like, why do y'all have a white woman performing at this event? Um, which I'm not surprised because it's the rustic. And if you know Dallas and you know, the rustic is an uptown, you know that like, that's a white bar, mm. like straight up. I've never been. And the only time I have heard of people going there that are people of color, they haven't had great experiences, um, which I learned even more about after making this tweet. So my tweet was really simple, and I was just like, LOL, y'all want to be 214 Selena so bad. And then I pretty much just said, um, boycott this event, because I was like, we don't need to go. Like, why are we supporting this? Just because it's Selena doesn't mean they're really like recognizing her legacy. And clearly, by getting this woman, they don't care to support our people at all. They're just doing it for the cash. Um, so I just said that real simple. I did not think that much of it clearly. And <coughs> apparently that was enough to get some attention. Um, so then I'm just like chilling. Really? I, I did not think that much about this. And, um, now, uh, about a week later, almost I have, I interviewed with a Dallas morning news reporter and a CBS 11 reporter. The Dallas Morning News article was kind of, um, the person I spoke with, I really enjoyed talking to. However, they used one quote from our 35 minute conversation. And it was basically the one where I was like, no, they should not have a white woman performing. Like, duh. But that basically is lost in translation in the whole article. So the whole article, it pretty much becomes like a, is it appropriation or appreciation? And I'm like, I was more annoyed with this woman's response to being called out. Yeah. I'm not saying she's appropriating us, which that's valid too, but that's not where I was. She started calling us haters and saying all this stuff that the people were being so mean to her. And she has a Mexican great grandmother. So she thinks she should be able to do this because she's one eighth Mexican. Literal thing she said. Hmm. And I was like, oh my God, like you <laughs> are really, really stretching it. Um, so that was fucking hilarious to me. Um, and she apparently has been singing Selena in her set for a while. That's fine. I never said this white woman can't sing Selena. Do I think that the rustic is just trying to use Selena's name to get money? Absolutely. Do they give a rat's ass about actually supporting Latino artists to highlight this event? Fuck no. They don't. Clearly. They have shown us that by getting Susanna Choffel as the artist for a Selena event in June. The fuck? Okay. So they do all this. And I'm like, okay. So this article 
written by Latinas, which I'm sure their intentions were good. It did. It felt caping and it felt weird to me. And I felt uncomfortable after I read it. I was like, I don't know. I don't know how I really felt about this. <coughs> and I was like, okay, whatever. So then I'm getting messages from like old school teachers that are white Latinas. And they're like, I'm hurt because I think white people can f- perform Selena. And I'm like, that was not my point. My point was not, oh, this white woman can't sing Selena. But of course, the article mostly sided with Susanna Choffel mm-hmm. and made it seem like we were all just like attacking her, which I'm like, I don't really care that much about her feelings at all. You're fragile, boo. Like, that's the problem. The fact is, when the community that this icon represented is saying, hey, hello, pay attention to us. This doesn't feel right to us. And you're blocking them from the page and silencing them. That's fucked up. And you're just calling us haters. Haters. We're haters. Because saying we want to be represented by our own people is too much. <sighs> so. Bruh. Drink some. <laughs> Take a drink. Um, Preach. So the lady was like, well, they had her perform at the Rustic in San Antonio and they didn't have any problem with it. How do you feel about that? And that was like in the past. They also have Bidi Bidi Banda performing for her, like, I guess this weekend. Obviously, we much would have we would have preferred a Bidi Bidi Banda, um, but clearly they don't care th- that much because they have a relationship with this artist already, it seems. They've mm-hmm. had her before. And so they were like, how do you feel that San Antonio didn't react to her? And I said, well, I feel damn good because clearly Dallas gives a fuck and San Antonio doesn't because yeah. I want to see my people up there. And they were like, do you know? So you know Latino artists, like, between both... Um, interviews somebody the other one was like so you know latino artists like that weren't reached out to and i was like really i was like i'm pretty sure i know most of the ones that would have been reached out to and none of them were fucking Wait, reached we out to take someone right now Get like me. we could text 20 people right now yeah i know latina Tejana performers right now that could be texted yeah. and they weren't texted like it is not that hard to find them you just weren't fucking looking yeah. so yes i have a problem with the rustic trying to cash out on this icon who is a, like a saint to us and we've talked about it a million times and then i do have a problem with Susanna Choffel's reaction. I did not say this white woman couldn't sing her two Selena songs. Go, boo. Do your thing if you really want to with your one-eighth Mexican ass. Do it. That's fine. But I do have a problem with you calling us haters. And if you really ride for our community and you ride for Selena, you will let us fucking talk and let us feel what the fuck we feel. Mm. That's it. True. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord God. Jesus. Heaven on earth. Selena, please don't be mad at me. I ain't trying to bring no shame on your name lord um so this cbs 11 piece is gonna come out tomorrow don't know how it'll come out they made me show them my selena phone case and made me stand and walk by the mural which felt really cheesy and they're like what did she mean to you and i was like well i loved her because when i was a young lad um (laughs) so i was a little squirrel when i was a little squirrel a little brown squirrel i wanted to be a singer like her um yeah so that's the juice that's the tea y'all don't don't come crying to me acting like well see and this is the thing because i'm like we haven't even gotten into like the deep whiteness of latinidad and like all the people that are like defending like let her sing she can sing i'm like that was not the point y'all didn't talk about how she was hating on us and being ugly to us and silencing us that's the part we had a problem with so that article framed it that way like we were just being ugly and haterish when it's like it wasn't just us boo you gave us the ammo and then now i don't know how the cbs 11 article i mean 
peace will go. So we shall see. And that is the tea. So fuck the rustic and fuck Susanna Shuffle. Ding, ding, ding. I hope I get hired in the future. I really don't know what my career (laughs) is. Um, But yeah, I think that's all of that. I think that's all for the juice. (coughs) Anybody got anything else? No. Do you have any feelings? I I don't even know if I told you the full story, but I'm assuming you kind of... No, yeah. I have no feelings. (laughs) Oh, my... I I put interested and Pat liked it, so I was like, oh, okay, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) I sent her her a DM. On the rustic thing? Remember, I sent sent you a DM, and I was like... Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. I sent sent it to you and her in like an event. I was like, is this real? Is this really happening? And she was like, interested. And she's like, like, I put interested because I wanted to like see what this mess is or something. It was really interesting for people to tell me like all the racist things that happened to them there. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. The irony is they're right across the street from the Freedman's Memorial. I don't oh, know if you've God. been there, but yes, that's I what's d- even crazier to me. Wow. And I, you know, OC3 happens to know some of the Latina Kim folk that work at the Rustic, and they're like, yeah, this shit happens all the time. And like, as soon as, 50. as soon as this happened, they were, they were upset. They were like, why is this person singing here? Yeah, the lady this? that the reporter from CBS 11 said, we went on the street and asked people and she said the majority were disappointed. And I was like, okay, thank you. So like, obviously <laughs> that was not the point of my, like, obviously you should not have a fucking white singer for this event. Duh. But if white people want to sing Selena and love her, that's fine. I never said she couldn't, which on our Instagram, everybody's like, wow, yeah. white people can like her. I'm like, uh, we know mad. that's not the point. People can get checked. Right. It ain't like, a cause for it's not that difficult. Everybody can love Selena, but can y'all get some damn Latina performers if you're really going to be riding for her like that or at least cashing out on her? Now we can wrap up the juice and move to our interview. Woo! We are now welcoming to the Colores Radio a someone we've actually had on the show before, but we didn't get to sit her down and have a full interview with, and she is worthy of that and so much more. So we are bringing her back, and because we wanted to hear more about her story, and let me introduce to you Maria Yolisma Garcia, a native of Panuco de Coronado, Durango, Mexico. Hola. And resident of Dallas, Texas. East Dallas. Uh-oh, don't oh, get it twisted. Maria <laughs> This is like the most lit bio, apparently. (laughs) Maria Yolisma is a first-generation college graduate and Mexican-American immigrant who has used her personal experiences to fight for those in her community. An alumna of the University of Texas at Arlington, she studied public relations and emerging media. She currently works for a multicultural ad agency that is based out of Dallas, and she is an assistant accountant executive and community manager. During her high school years, she wanted to further advocate for her undocumented and migrant peers to ensure they had college access. This brought her to become a part of the North Texas Dream Team, to which has served as a platform for her to lift the message of the immigrant immigrant plight in this country and rally alongside the team to fight for just policy. She stood at the forefront of ensuring that undocumented Texan students received fair tuition treatment by speaking to elected officials and testifying in committee hearings against policies made to repeal in-state tuition. This is just a few of her talents and all the amazing work she's done, but please welcome to the show, Maria Yolisma Garcia. 
Yay. Yay. Thank you for being here. No, las gracias a ustedes, oh, jóvenes. She also didn't tell y'all that she's like the funniest person ever. And uh, basically, anytime she calls me, I die. Um, <laughs> because we like think it's comedy hour and we just start going at it for yeah, stupid no reasons. But she also is a great um, Mexican club MC. Um, and a great singer. And a, gr- a great singer. You're no, gonna I'm sing always, for us? No, I'm always flat. Shut up. Don't just <laughs> sing According to, to her sister. According her sister to my is like sister. a beautiful, like super mariachi singer. And she's also great. Her family's all musicians. They're all talent and amazing. Um, but we're very happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited. We've had you on before. Yeah. Do you want to quickly tell us what the big news is and why we wanted to bring you back in? Uh, your girl. <laughs> I did I did a thing when I was three months old and I crossed this uh, thing called the Rio Grande. Oh. Obviously not by myself because I think I would have been an athlete at, <laughs> at three months old. But uh, my mother brought me here. So I just recently became a U.S. American citizen. Woo! So we're really, we were so happy for her. And we wanted to talk to her for many reasons, but we also wanted to learn more about that process. Um, because every almost every single episode, and especially right now, it feels like there's, nothing but horrible things happening to our undocumented community Mm -hmm. and that's where i was like let's steer our conversation from hip-hop and kind of bring it back here for a minute because we need to hear more about these details that are happening especially as citizens we're very privileged in that we don't go through it and we don't know um all the the heartache that you literally grow up with the fear and everything you experience so do you want to start at the beginning a little bit share with us (laughs) yeah about it Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, like, thank you again for having me. Um, I guess to kind of top things off, for those of us who have been in that immigration kind of um, process or if we've had loved ones who have gone through the process, we know it's nothing but easy, right? And so it was a lot of um, waiting, uncertainty, money, which Mm -hmm. I think is the biggest factor why a lot of our community doesn't go forth and kind of pursue it is because there's a lot of money that is behind it. Um, So I came when I was three months old and... um, We were reuniting with my father, which a lot of people like to call chain migration, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, you have all these people coming in and whatever. But I digress. Yes, digress. (laughs) But um, so I was undocumented for 18 years of my life. Um, My one shot at legalization was the DREAM Act. And when it was voted down in 2010, it was like a big you know, shot down and it was the worst feeling ever. A lot of us who looked up to that being passed was like, this is it. You know, this, uh, this one time, this one Mm -hmm. shot to make it is, is gone and we have to find different means. And that kind of catapulted me to go into the work that I'm in now. And we started organizing the fight for legalization. And that's how we got uh, deferred action for childhood arrivals or DACA. Um, So when I was a senior in high school, we found out my dad's petition got approved. This is a petition that was put in 1994 by his brother. So he was petitioned by his brother. And Um, that was a senior in high school. So that was almost 20 years. mm, In high school. 1994. And you were a senior in high school? Yeah. That's 18 years. Yeah. It took that long. And it wasn't even my petition. So this was my dad's petition getting approved. Um, You know, we go to the attorneys and... Growing up uh, as as much a, like just like a lot of other kids, you grow up translating for your parents. So mm-hmm. he's like he was nervous to go meet with attorneys. So I would go with him and try to translate if any. But a lot of the immigration attorneys we talked to um, 
did speak Spanish. Um, <coughs> however, we did get cheated out at times whenever we would pay. Um, I know in 2000, like two, we paid, I think, two grand, mm. if not a little bit more, Jeez. for a consultation and to start the process. And the attorney disappeared. Scam. Didn't hear anything, nothing. And, and, during those times it was like it was difficult to even mm -hmm. just get food on the table yeah, and do everything like that. Yeah, too great is a lot. And yeah. that happens a lot. Absolutely. So we were um you know his ap his application got approved. We found an attorney that got our case and she was like, "You know you could put your wife and your daughter on this application." And we were like, "What?" Mm -hmm. And he put me in, and I like to say, I'm like, oh, fui chicle en su aplicación. Because <laughs> um, we hung on to it, right? Um, and so slowly after that, that summer, we were like, oh, you may, may or may not have to go to Juarez. Because yeah. for those who are fortunate enough to get a waiver, so the whole thing is, right, if you cross the border illegally, you have to, right, if you cross for, if you've been in the United States for X amount of years, you have to, what is it called? El castigo, that a lot of our community know it as. Yeah. So it's basically like, um, if you were here for 20 years, you have to go back to Mexico for 10. And then you can apply. Um, and this was enacted in 1996 under Bill Clinton. So it was just like, <coughs> he made it a lot more difficult for right. immigrants seeking legalization so we were like okay well let's put in a waiver to see if we can get it pardoned and thankfully we did right because i was still in school and there was a lot of things that wouldn't allow me to have to go back to juarez but i remember i was in summer school to you know get ahead in classes mm -hmm. and i told my friends i was like yeah i think i'm gonna come back because i think i'm gonna have to go to juarez oh my god and i remember a friend of mine uh, she's like my mom lit candles for you bro and Aww, i was like thank <coughs> you and i was like well we just found out we don't have to go Aww. so she's like yay okay um but it was it was a really like trying time right and mm -hmm. it's obviously all of that uncertainty comes into play because you're like a lot of folks go to juarez don't come back and then folks that do and and do come back it's very rare Damn. so we got the news that like our waiver got approved so it was moving fairly quickly for us mm -hmm. after once it was approved right um and then after that we go to the uh uscis office to do our interview about like when was the first time you arrived into the u.s have you gone out of the u.s all of these very um just these very clinical questions that they ask you. And a lot of people don't know, but you also have to do a health screening. So you have to like make sure that you Jeez. go to the doctor and get your shots and stuff. And for <laughs> people who don't have a lot of medical resource, it can be really difficult mm -hmm. to even just get that. So, um, you know, we're moving through the process. We go and do the interview. And then we get our green card later on in 2011. So, which was like, yay, yay, we did it. Mm -hmm. um, but still, permanent residency isn't, all that it's like it's not that permanent as people want to say it is right um for the folks who unfortunately do like dui dwi that permanent residency can be revoked like there's so many different i remember they told me like you can't get into a fight in a club because if you get charged with assault they can take your permanent card like Shit. green card away so i was like you don't know how many times <laughs> I had to bite my tongue in uptown. Stop! And I was, like, I, can't, yeah, yeah. I was like, I can't get, I cannot lose my green card, y'all. But, um. Hey, are you an Aries? No, uh, I, yeah. I feel like. How did you? That's a very Aries thing. This episode thing is over. <laughs> <laughs> Delete. No, so it's still be. like, I still had to be very law abiding, even with the green card, because I was still very paranoid about like, 
and and it happened a lot with when we would do civil disobedience and they're like maria do you want to like sign up <clears throat> to get arrested i was like boy you got me <laughs> i cannot <laughs> and tell us more about that because i those are again privileges we don't even notice because yeah. we are so we're like oh la 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 and here i am like talking mad shit about america right and so <laughs> it's like but that is a privilege for me because a lot of people can't even say nothing or do nothing or can't even take a trip to another country That's out true. of fear. I, I mean, and so I, yeah, like, we like, take, we don't even recognize that. For the longest, when I was young, I remember riding in the car with one of my uncles and being so upset. And then even now, like, you know, if, even if, uh, up until a few years ago, I would get very upset at people that would drive. You know, I'd get in this road rage and I would flash back to my uncle saying, you know, we don't want to get pulled over mm-hmm. for whatever reason. For we no want to make sure that whatsoever. every single thing that we do. And it was like, literally, you you go to where you need to and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's um, and then recently they had announced that the Department of Homeland Security had access to people who were um, permanent residents and wanting to naturalize, they had access to your social media accounts. So I was like, dang, I can't say FDT, you know? <laughs> like, I had to be very careful with my social media presence, with just uh, just about everything, uh, especially when I was inching a little bit closer to that uh, naturalization process. But um, What about from childhood forward? Can you think of other major instances? I mean, I remember, and, and going back to, like, that conversation about, like, white latinx folks i was i realized about that privilege whenever my mom told me you don't have to worry about anything you're light-skinned and you can speak english Mm. so she was like you're not going to be the first target to get deported so i was like okay but in 2006 there was a large influx of raids i'm not sure (coughs) if you guys remember but like shortly after that big mega march Mm -hmm. there were raids just about everywhere we we would go to traders village a lot and they started saying that ice or you know border patrol because back then it was border patrol they were like, Border Patrol is um, taking people and like detaining them. So my mom was scared to go to like Walmart, Trader's Village and everything yeah. under the sun. And I think at some point I didn't even want to go to school because I was like, no, I'm scared. Like mm. these men in green suits are going to, you know, do something. But or would reflect back on what my mom said, saying like, you're light skinned and you can speak English. Like you can fend for yourself. I can't, you know, my Mm -hmm. mother's much like, she's darker than I am and she doesn't know any English. So she was like, you, you're good. (laughs) But me, I'm not. So she was a little bit more into the shadows. Um, But I was very outspoken about my status because I noticed that that's what they wanted us to do was hide in these shadows and be these like law abiding migrants and be that like, model model yeah, immigrant human being that can't yeah. do anything wrong so i was like man if, if everybody yeah. like um, i was i was that jokester in high school so um they were like everyone has to register to vote because da-da-da-da. and i was like miss i can't vote <laughs> and she was she like hated me you could tell she hated me You're like no really miss <laughs> you gotta re- nope nope can't do I it i was like you know like lounging back in my desk and i was like i'm sorry i can't vote miss <laughs> She's, i was like i'm illegal and I hate using that word, but uh-huh. you know. But you were also then. learning back then. Like you oh, don't yeah. even recognize the language. I was like, as. Absolutely. And um, but I started doing that because I was in show choir. Yes. <laughs> and a lot of my peers were white, and they had um, undocumented workers in, in their household, and they're like, "Well, if ever they like blah 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 like act out, my mom just threatens them." And I was like, "That's messed up." Oh, so I was God. like, "Would you call border patrol on me? Like, I'm not from here, and that's like really offensive." So then that when I started being like, you know what, they have these like stereotypes in their head. But whenever they 
you know, when you think an undocumented immigrant, you're never going to assume it's like a classmate sitting next to you. Obviously, now we've kind of shifted that narrative a little bit more. But back then, it was always like people thought that an undocumented immigrant was the person who cut your yard or clean your mm-hmm. house or did that. But you would never think it was the girl in the show choir. <laughs> so, Honestly, yeah, that's true. So it's like, you know what? I don't care anymore. So I started to be more vocal about it. And, um, you know, students would, um, some of my classmates would come out to me and they're like, yeah, you know what? I don't have papers either. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like representation. I was like, yes. But it meant something. Absolutely. Because it's, it's hard to come out with this truth and having that reflection makes you feel less alone yeah and i think for a lot of people it it like it echoed a lot too to know that they weren't alone um and then i started getting a little bit more involved in the in what the immigrant uh, movement was doing and so i knew from then on that i wasn't alone and this was a much larger thing than i so i was trying to bring it back into the into the local hallways of hoodrow trilson high school (laughs) shout out was good um but yeah, it was um, obviously when um, we were in the process of legal permanent residency, it's like you still have to be very much in the shadows. Like mm-hmm. my mom started getting mad at me. She's like, no andes diciendo que eres ilegal, cabrona. Oh. And I was like, no, you're good. <laughs> but uh, she's like, no, you really got to chill out because as soon as we go into these, you know, um, interviews, we're whatever. Mm-hmm. So the day comes of the interview. My mom's like Dude, nervous as hell. This was um this was in t- 2011. Okay. So my mom's nervous as hell. She lit like four candles. Yes. And she was like sweating and I'm like, Aww. "I think we're good, you know." But she's like, "Well, you're good cuz you know English, but I don't." So Mhm. But we had a translator in the room and when we went in there, they like make you turn your phone off and you sit down and it's so like, it's cold and you think in your mind, you're like making the scenario like, oh my God, it's going to be like a jail cell where they interview me. But it's actually like an office and mm-hmm. the guys are in slacks and stuff or khaki, normal. they're in khakis and a, and a polo. <laughs> but my office. mom was thinking they're going to be like in full military gear. And oh, so we step yeah. in. And then I, God bless my dad, but he always tries to make jokes at the worst possible time. <laughs> I wonder so where you get it from. He was, try, he was trying to break the ice. Um, some shit about the weather, and the guy goes, sit down. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, dude, shut the fuck up. But um, so we sit down, and he starts asking us questions. And um, it, he asked something like, when was the first time you came in here? Or came to the U.S. Oh, I was like, girl, right no. now? What the fuck? <laughs> no, no, no. He's like, when did you come into the U.S.? And, and he asks me. And my dad was like, oh, she was a baby. And I was like, he's asking me the question. Can I that talk? The tensions are so high in this room. And you're trying to do this? Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, it was like, once the interview was over, we were like, whew, okay. Like, that's over. And then we got the approval. And we obviously, like all shouted for joy but i think it's like i don't know if it's like a. And you got the approval right after the interviews no you have to wait okay. again my so my dad got it first because again this is my dad's this is his and this is for permanent residency yeah got it and okay. this is his petition right oh yeah so he got approved the first chicle. yeah so my mom and i were like fudge we didn't get approved oh my god but then ours rolled in after. like two weeks after mm-hmm. and so you get like a work permit for the meantime and then your permanent residency comes in later. So we were like, oh, okay, cool. <clears throat> so we got it and I was like, yay, oh my God, let me make a Facebook post and tell all my friends. Oh my God. <laughs> um, 
and I was hope I was like wondering if my mom was gonna shout for joy or something. She like I feel like she just hides all of her emotions or something. What? But Who does like, that? She looked at it. She's <laughs> like, okay. Pues eh, mañana voy a comprar los boletos para ir a México. Ah. <laughs> And I shit you not, maybe that same month she booked tickets to Aww, go back home. Yeah. So it was awesome. it was good. Yeah, you saved up too, like pasaje. Yeah, she didn't. Yeah, she's like, yes, too. And she and she calls everyone in Mexico. She's like, ¿Qué crees? <laughs> your the your impersonations like actually murder me. Like they kill me every time. She's like, ¿Qué crees? On speaker. You know how mom <laughs> on speaker everything. Your mom be talking loud too. Yeah. I've seen the Snapchat. <laughs> So she's like telling everybody, she's like, go and run and tell that the good news, <laughs> go and run and tell the good news. And so we, um, we go over there and I, th- I had to, <clears throat> I met her up a little later, so I didn't really see her homecoming, but my dad and I went later on cause we both. And that was that, that wasn't the first time y'all had gone back or it was the first time y'all had gone it back? It was the first time for my parents. Damn. Yeah. Oh, shit. And so my dad and I are on this are on our way over there and so it's re- you know it's like oh my god I'm so excited and you um, hadn't been back tampoco then oh or did yeah you no, go? no. Uh, on the record I have not okay good to know <laughs> and so um it was um so going back to Mexico I think was the biggest um like emotionally shaking event that I could have ever like had you know there's so many time at that time because there's so many things that happened but I think seeing my parents go back to their home country was just like sass Mm -hmm. um my dad was just like looking around how everything's changed like if you haven't been there for like 20 plus years obviously it's it's a lot different and so visiting some of these old sites that he had gone to like swelled up his eyes and i was Mm. just like seeing seeing your old man kind of like look over what used to be is like it's i was like oh man i'm gonna start crying then Mm -hmm. um but it wasn't when we were leaving that I saw my mom like swell up again because she was like, I feel like I'm leaving all over again. Oh, shit. And I was like, but you have your green card, mom. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you can come back. Right. Um, but yeah, then I thought about um, citizenship. So once you become a permanent resident, um, you have to wait five years. Oh, um, or if you're married, you only wait three. Well, so, I don't but know I didn't marry. Didn't no. I didn't marry. Dang. <laughs> but if you look, ya arreglo papeles. I'm dead. <laughs> so um yeah so i was just like you know what i think i have to become a citizen right because this permanent residency thing isn't all as permanent as it is right so, and that only gets you a certain certain um what's the word i'm like 10 years now yeah and then you have to renew yeah 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 but it only gives you some benefits i guess is what i'm trying to say yeah there's Not all the benefits yeah there's still like i couldn't vote <coughs> still you can't serve on a jury you're still very limited to some things right um the only thing you can really do is just go out and travel right um and this is super mad cliche perhaps but like visiting mexico like we all call it the motherland we love going back to visit our family but like how is that for you when you didn't grow up there but that's technically like where you were born yeah so that's like a different motherland to you because that's where you're originally from and so Mm -hmm. it's like there's that whole am i american am i mexican like that that battle of the diaspora i guess Mm -hmm. how is that for you it was interesting because i like 
I went back and I couldn't really relate to things. Like my parents are like, oh, you're la primaria. And I was just like, I don't huh? Was that? Yeah. Who that is? Um, and, you know, I didn't walk the same roads they did. And it was just, um, for them, it was a lot of nostalgia. For me, it was like, oh, shit, this is where I'm from? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was born through a midwife at a house. <laughs> what is good? <laughs> Let me find out she was born through a midwife. So I was just like, I want to meet this lady. Because my mom had always told me the story about how. That's so beautiful. Um, I wasn't born in a hospital. I was born in a house. And it would oh, be like this gee. running joke. They're What's like, good? what is your least She was born in a house. And I was like, okay, dang. I'm all natural, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Organic. <laughs> She's a crunchy baby before it became oh crunchy. Oh my God, crunchy. Yes. Okay, pet. <laughs> so I met, the, I met the midwife and she's like, oh my gosh, how are you? And I was like, whoa. That's... <laughs> yeah, you know what? The amount of times I got that, because it's like, uh, my, my sister's taller and she's obviously like darker, but mm-hmm. then I'm petite and paled, mm-hmm. <laughs> pale skin. So when I went back, they're like, oh my God, that's the girl that you took back to him. And they would, you know, point, point to my sister. sister. They're like, she's so, she's so grown. And I was like, actually, that was me. <laughs> and they're like, And y'all oh. are a few years apart. Yeah, we're four years. She's younger. Uh-huh. But it's just like, y la quinceañera. And they would look at me. I was like, bitch, <laughs> I'm old. Um, but it was really funny. It was, um, yeah, meeting a lot of these people. They're like, ella es tu prima, ella yeah. es tu primo, oh, ella es tu tío. That's stressful. I love that. Yeah, and es then your mom's prima. always like, si la conoces. Uh, yeah. 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 So how they like hung out with you or like got you candy when you yeah, were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and you're like, oh, I, I, I remember. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought. And then they'll be like, um, so it was, a, it was a huge homecoming for them. And mm. I was meeting relatives I hadn't seen since like I was literally born. <laughs> so they're like, oh, wow, there is la, la bebe. And I'm like, yep. Yeah, that's me that's me that's, that's awesome me. but yeah it was it was cool i would i would say like i think i had i was already like deep in my roots here but there is that that conversation right where it's like i'm too now i'm too american mm-hmm. you're like i Mexicans. want running water and toilet paper quicker please no, i'm just kidding that's <laughs> yeah, how i felt we my got a receipt ass. and we were like all right Stop. we're gonna make toilet paper out of this or receipt. don't try to flush the toilet like i did in la laja michoacan when i was fifth grade do you remember that i was so embarrassed anyways that's nasty let's keep going yeah it felt weird being called norteña and i was like but i was i was born here like what i don't want to be and i was like no i I claim mexico Mm -hmm. so then after that i was like very duranguense she just got a (laughs) scorpion tattooed on her i was like put that scorpion on the back of the pickup truck (laughs) make sure it says durango real big under it yes ma'am oh my god (laughs) you need to get her a decal of that for her anytime i see those durango memes i send them to her i'm like there you go maria i was like that's my cousin's meme (laughs) but it's great um so then that journey from getting permanent residency to actual citizenship took five years. Mm-hmm. Um, what were the biggest, I guess, tribulations from then on? Because from that point on, you started working more with um, these organizations that kind of brought you to where you are now. Yeah, I think um, starting, I, I got a little bit more well-versed in all of this immigration policy stuff um, from that time. And so... As a permanent residency, right, you still have these kind of restrictions and you still have to be very law-abiding and very, like, respectful. But at the same time, here I was, like, yelling at elected officials and doing all this other stuff. But I had to be very careful still. Mm -hmm. Um, And the 
the application process to become a citizen is again pricey. Um, ¿Cuánto? It's seven hundred ninety-five dollars. Oh, my, <laughs> I was complaining about my apartment application. Golly! And then if you if you get an attorney, it's like whatever the attorney charges you, which is can run you up to like two grand. So it's like two grand plus the seven ninety-five that you have to pay immigration oh for. Um, but thankfully, I was. At the time, I was working at a law firm. Shout out Monica Lira Bravo. So, hey. Lira Bravo Law. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, and I had learned how to fill out citizenship applications through the work that I've been doing. So, I filled out my own application and she spot me the cost. And because <laughs> it was shortly after, you know, old boy 45 got elected. And she's like, if you don't Jesus. do this now, you're never going to figure it like, because policy has been changing so freaking Rapidly. fast through through Twitter, might I add. So it's like um, from one day to the next, right? We've been seeing like policy change without Congress approval. And it's something that we had to be very careful about. And she told me, if you don't do it now, some really bad things are probably going to happen, which they did. I think, I don't know if you guys had recently seen, but now they're are like wanting to deport some permanent residents. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, shit you know it it just it really hit the fan so fast and so i was thankful that i was able to put my application very quickly but then i had it it was a whole nother year so i applied in uh, in 2017 and then I, it was not a whole nother year that i heard back so it was i was like very on the fence about it i was like was it something i said mm -hmm. did i put i don't think i put an ftt meme out oh there oh my god and that process is longer for other people right because that i feel like i've heard that the application process can be can they can wait even longer or am i mistaken in saying no that? yeah so it's there's different categories right there's like you can get petitioned by your siblings your spouse or your parents mm -hmm. um and depending on which category it is it may take a little bit longer than some right. so i was a derivative from the petition so okay I don't know if it played into that. I'm not, a, that's not legal counsel. I'm not an attorney. <laughs> well, you know more than me. <laughs> so it was, um, yeah, I was, it, again, it's going back to that uncertainty piece about the immigration process as a whole. Right. Mm -hmm. Whew. I, I love talking about this because again, I like, you know, kind of what you know, but it's different hearing it from someone who's experienced it. And we actually were all connected by, Rafa and you had known each other, and then the thing with Edwin had recently, or y'all kind of knew each other, and then the thing with Edwin had just passed, and we knew we wanted to start with the discussion on immigration with De Colores, because that was the one that we all felt um, very near and dear to. Um, and so we started with that. We, learned, we met Edwin through you. But we had never met you. Mm -hmm. You were like just an internet person. <laughs> and you posted like some funny meme that day. And I was like, who is this bitch? <laughs> I was like, she's I'm that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, she's funny, Rafa. Who is she? I must know her. I think I still have the it was a funny thing. conversation you were like, where we You were like, we react whenever you blah, blah, blah. It was something so stupid. And I was like, I think I love her. She added me. Yeah. Because I remember you added me on Facebook. Yeah. And it. it it's funny because it was just like an un unpopular opinion. Conchas suck. And then you added me and I was like, who the hell? <laughs> and you said that? Yeah. I was her. And that was at the beginning. That that was when I added you? I thought so I added you truth. before that. Wow. Wow. Yeah, because I think maybe Rafa had sent you a link to it, but you couldn't see it. 
because oh, you yeah, weren't my friend. Oh, yeah, that was probably it. Yeah. So it must have. It was shortly after we began, and then we would see each other around, and then you and Pat are like super indie hipster yeah. <laughs> show buddies. Show buddies. So then that just started building, and from social media and hanging out and the rest. Thank of you, history. internet. Thank you, at internet and Thank at you. God. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Tell us more about this process with the actual... So then you finally got your letter. Because you mm-hmm. got the letter when we were friends, right? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I was like, yes, approval. Right, right, right. And yeah. that was a year after the application process. Mm-hmm. And then you had to wait to get the actual ceremony and all that information, correct? Yeah. And you were just waiting on that for a few months. Mm-hmm. And then the actual ceremony itself. Tell yeah. us about this. Because I have not attended one. <laughs> I, I, I wish I could have attended yours and I couldn't. But I want to hear more about this because I don't think unless we've attended like our parents or family members, we don't really know what it's like. Yeah. And we just assume and we've seen pictures and things, but we're not we're not experiencing it. Right. So um, when I got the approval, obviously, there's another interview process that you have to do, um, which is the civics exam. This is the worst. Like it's graceful. It's um, it reminded me a lot of when um, back back in the days they had to test people to see if you were OK to vote can't remember what that was i'm having a brain fart but um it's when they would test people in in their literacy to see if they could vote or or register to vote like the 1960s yeah they were doing the voting rights in alabama and all that yeah yeah so it's a little bit like that because they made me write out a sentence and like to and read out a sentence and it it seemed very like yikes because it's just i don't know it's 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 you know there's a lot of different things that played into that i you know they sat me down there like can you write george bush was the first president or not george bush oh, george girl, washington what? they lied to you <laughs> don't denaturalize me <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I'm, I'm like what the hell okay yeah let me write this sentence down and so they, they made you write these sentences yeah they made me write these sentences read something and um and then he started like um you know what war was fought in the 1800s and i was like really wow <laughs> this is the worst stuff that uh, citizens citizens don't know yeah it, it's funny because we had that game where yes it's like, we did we did but, we could talk about it later um cheaters <laughs> so he just like straight up the officer i had was very like we're just going to do this interview the end do you think they treat y'all like inhumane like y'all aren't humans and it's just like robotic because that's what it it's sounds ve- like. Yeah, it's very. I mean, some some officers can be robotic, some don't. Because I used to translate when I worked at the law firm for some clients. Mm-hmm. So some of them will be like, oh, "Don't worry, like this is gonna be fine. We're just gonna ask some questions." And some will be like, "What's your name? Address? <laughs> where do you live? Do uh, all of this?" And the guy I had just seemed like he was over it. And he was like yeah, 1 Yeah, it's like PM. you're dealing with some of the most nervous people in the world Absolutely. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, but the dynamic in... I think I should go back and, and preface this with the waiting room at USCIS is the most diverse room you will ever probably step foot in because it's the actual melting pot of America. And that sounded really cheesy, but, but that's what it, they it like really to is. Like they are. Yeah, because so. everyone from all walks of the world come to this room, right, to, to go through this immigration process. And I was there by myself and I saw some folks who had their parents and yeah. I was like, um brb crying because it was a moment that i wish i had my mom next to me because it's just you know immersing her in that in that process of becoming a citizen Mm -hmm. um i saw um 
a daughter with her dad and um she was like nervous and he was like it's okay and they called her name and he was like you could see this like this this twinkle in the in their eye in his eye because he was watching his daughter go and take this mm. exam and she was like oh yeah and she looked back and his dad her dad was like waving and i was like brb crying God um and i put on facebook i was like i really wish I, my mom was here to see me do the Aww. damn thing um and, but it's so funny because my mom would be like ¿Y cómo te fue? yeah <laughs> i'm like it, 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 it was it was good yeah um so it was just a super diverse room. And then when people would get approved on the spot, they'd be like, I got approved. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yay. And so I walk into the room. The test was like, for me, it was in and out. Cause I had, you know, studied. Thank she knows you, her myself. shit. <laughs> Thank you. Obviously myself. not today. If I'm calling <laughs> George Bush, the George first Bush president, the first president of the United States. And he doesn't care about black people. Old W. <laughs> um, saying in Tennessee, I think it's in, well, Texas, but <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So yeah, that was the, uh, that was the exam portion. And I, I got, approved on the spot too <clears throat> so i was like thank you at god because <laughs> i was so nervous because some people don't they'll be like oh we have to review your application and then we'll do you think they you. discriminate on that yeah okay i would assume so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah but i'm like even if they have flying colors if they're like more brown or more this looking or that looking yeah because they're just like obviously we have this whole like idea of what like you know terrorists look like or whatever and Ugh. so i feel like some officers feel the need to do it on those mm -hmm. bases which is bs right and um i know a friend of mine's mom was gonna take the test and the lady was trying to make her fail and was asking her these like who was the chief who's the chief justice of the supreme court kind of stuff or um Damn. you know all of these really difficult questions because she just did not want her to pass but she didn't know that you know the the lady had really steadied up and she passed damn <laughs> but they i feel like some officers will just sit there and be like you know what let me let me try this person or mm -hmm. let me do this when and I, and I get so upset because i was like citizens don't even know half the shit on this no, dead ass. <laughs> we don't know shit so like, like, we really don't even if we went to uh, all our American history classes, everything. Like, obviously, that's telling of the education system. But we really don't know that because we're privileged enough to just get by. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I was thankful enough that, you know, I had known the stuff. And I went through this great public education system. Woo-woo! <laughs> um, so... I got approved and I was like, yes, my ceremony's next week. It's going to be lit. I'm going to throw this big ass party because I can do that now. Hey. <laughs> so um, the day of the ceremony comes. We're still waiting. Um, Your parents were with you. My my dad shows up first. Um, and then I just I laugh because my mom, of course, these things would happen to her. So she's walking in and like the metal detective goes beep, beep, beep. And she's like, what the hell? I'm nervous. <laughs> and th she like takes off her glasses and stuff. And they pass the metal thing or what is it? The little the wand. The wand, right? Uh -huh. They're passing it through her. And it was some broche she had on her head. Wow. <laughs> so the guy like puts it over <laughs> her head. And I'm looking like, at her. Yeah, she's like stopped at the metal detector. And they're like, beep, 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 beep. And she takes off her broche and she was upset because it like ruined her hair. Oh, my but God. But I was like laughing. I was like, of course that would happen to you, mom. Uh-huh. Um, because she's already nervous as is walking into this place right so they're making her do all these things um, waiting in the, in the room and then they they only call the applicants to come up into the where the ceremony is going to take place they call in the applicants and then i go i'm like doo, 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 doo. yep 
and I look over and I was like, you ready? I'm ready. Um, and so we're walking in and they check. I, I feel like the checking in process was like the lady was being just so, get, um, no, do you have the form? No. <laughs> and so I was like, what the? So Who I was hurt like, you? I was like shaking. I was like, aquí tiene señora. Like, oh my. <laughs> so, I was just like here take out and, and I over prepared right just like anything else I have like this huge you know flex folder or whatever and I'm like here's like all my life story I don't know what you she's like I just need this form and I was like okay here you go I'm so sorry and here's an apple pie thank you I'm yeah. American thank you <laughs> yeah so um go in and then they make us give up our green card and I was like it's I'm been, gonna miss you. Over. I was like, it's been real. Here you go. <laughs> Which I have yet to go and get my citizenship passport or citizen passport because uh-huh. I have to go and get. I have no travel document. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, but that's off the record. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we walk in and they're making us wait again and she's telling us all these things. She's like, y'all can reference the citizens almanac if you have questions. Oh, and then she was saying like, if you lose your your citizenship certificate it's like six hundred dollars to replace they, they or something trying to make money off of y'all really Shit. and you know then they start lining us up and it's so like it felt very cult-ish oh, if i'm God. being honest because they give you the flag right and so you're sitting with your flag and everyone else is sitting with their flag on the thing and they all like we all waved it at the same time it was real cultish dude oh my god so they open up with this like video about how america's great and like all these eagles are soaring over and it's like some country music in the background and these like they're like america they (laughs) they have like the american flag waving in the back (laughs) all these and i was just trying so hard not to laugh because it's like this um these cheesy clips like, that this is my identity now <laughs> yeah and then they're uh, they were singing that from sea to shining sea yeah and they were like this one's gonna make y'all cry <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm eterno. <laughs> i was like bitch bitch <laughs> they put the video up and it's just like um it was the worst so it's like showing ellis island and all this other stuff and mm. You know, it's like, I worked hard to be an American. And I'm sitting there like, okay, and then what? (laughs) And it was just so funny. And then we finally stand up to say the oath. So uh, the lady goes, y'all can uh, come around and take pictures of your loved ones doing the oath. So all of a sudden, it's like there's people surrounding us and stuff and taking video. And the oath is kind of like scary. What is the oath? The oath is like where you're saying, I'm giving up my... um, my nationality to become a U.S. American citizen. I will bear arms in the name of the U.S. Yeah. And, I, and then I said, bear arms <laughs> for the U.S. <laughs> I got a problem with that. Man. I was like, do you want my firstborn too? Like, she? Hold up. Uh, I got a question about this part. Yeah, uh, no, no kidding. I was like, excuse me? I thought only 18-year-old males had to do that. <laughs> so we're saying the oath, and I was just like shook at all of the language that it was saying. It's, it's very, like, outdated and stuff but they ain't trying to mm. update it either no they're not and then you get and then <laughs> be we sure to bring your musket with you oh god <laughs> <laughs> we all put this accent on all of this <laughs> i love being from texas y'all can we do the rest of the episode like this i'm, I'm ready for it it's pat not arrogant okay <laughs>
Let me just take a sip of this sweet tea. <laughs> That's actually how you are. Quit playing. The sweet tea with lemon. <laughs> Dang. I can't do this. I can't take myself seriously at all. Yeehaw. <laughs> this is how y'all want us to be because we're from Texas, y'all. Rafa, are you? I mean, Rafa. Are Rafa. <laughs> Rafa. <laughs> Oh, Lord, I'm good. I'm, I'm so good. glad you're good. Y'all ready to go to the stockyards? A pet. <laughs> I love the stockyards. I don't know what I do. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to see Ramona Yala at the stockyards. Raymond. Raymond Ayala. You know what? I need to quit because the whites are already against me after Susanna Chawford performing at the Yeehaw, Rust. Well, gonna well, now, come she, get us. now she's good. She's good. Stop. I'm I'm serious. She's good. You ain't her. Susanna is good. I'm telling you. You I, go I to the rustic. Her. You go to the rustic. Oh, I literally can't listen to you anymore. Susanna is good. I'm. <laughs> Yo, yo, Liz will tell you. She'll tell you. She'll tell you. Yes, sir. She'll tell you. That girl is good. (coughs) All right. Are we back? Yes, let's go. Wow. See you guys later. Thank you for visiting. Thank you for coming to our TED Talk. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Where were we? (laughs) Please send me that. So there's this cheesy video. Yeah, and you got a message from someone, didn't you? We got you? a message from our fave. Our fave. Old boy Donnie comes yeah. up on the Jesus screen. Christ. And he's like, being an American is a great privilege. And I was like, suck. <laughs> and um, I'm just sitting there like, wow, this is really happening. And shit, wow. Did he have that serious disgruntled face where his yeah. eyebrows go like this? Yeah, he did. Oh, and then my favorite part is like, for any of you like you know film geeks and stuff you know how they pan from different like frames yes, angles. they did that and i was like what <laughs> we ain't we getting three different shots okay. betcha. um and then after that it's another like speech so this dude comes up and says a speech about how like you know we're we're all immigrants we've all come from different places i was like you're you're telling me dude you know, mm-hmm. I know but it's- Y'all out here criminalizing our community, but go on with your speech. Fam. I digress. Now. Yeah. I was like, go on with your speech. So he's like, I did one of those DNA tests and I was 2% Polynesian. Oh, Jesus and then he Christ. goes, that's why I like that Polynesian sauce so much at Chick-fil-A. No, he didn't. I was didn't. like, get off. No, he didn't. <laughs> he did. Oh, Lord. I wish I was lying. That is a joke. Um, and so then that wrapped up the ceremony. Yep. And then they're like, congratulations. And, <coughs> and everyone's like, yay. Um, and how do you feel now? I feel like I can finally like do shit without having so many different parameters set around me. Mm-hmm. So I can be like, fuck Donald Trump. Yes. <laughs> I'll date every day on my social media. I don't give a shit. <laughs> and then someone put on my Facebook, they're like, you should watch out because they're denaturalizing people. Like, and I was like, you. I wish they would. I'll wait. Here's my address. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I know my mom's probably going to be like, you're, like, you're no, stupid. Like, yeah. Chill out. <laughs> Please stop. Yeah. She's like, chill out. Um, because I think an, a, a side note to it too is like, I can be all rowdy and do all of this stuff, but 
sometimes I forget like I'm putting my parents in, mm-hmm. in that they same still position live in that too. Fear. Yeah. So sometimes I ha- I do have to tone it down. And a lot of people forget that, mm-hmm. um, which is often gets lost in that narrative and why our parents haven't been legalized yet because we fought for this thing for ourselves and it's felt like a selfish fight for so mm-hmm. long. And then when we do bring up our parents, they're like, oh, well, they're the they're the lawbreakers, right? We were the ones that were brought here at a young age. We had no fault. My mom was the one who did that. So, yeah, it's um sometimes I'll be all rowdy, but then I I remember right that my mom obviously still is very much, you know, even though she has her permanent residency too, it's still like a very you know, thing that could very well be taken away at what at, at a drop of a tweet, unfortunately. Right. No, literally anything. Um, so as we're beginning to wrap up, we obviously love having you here because you're not only one of our closest friends, but you're, you're, you, I always, when I go see you or I'm at any of these protests or anything, I'm like, B, that's my friend. Like <laughs> shit. Cause you know, we'll call each other and tell each other our dumb secrets or whatever. But we also like, when I see you in the zone, I'm like, holy cow, like this person holds so much power and you really move people and I'm looking forward to everything you accomplish and I'm lucky to be by your side as a friend and supporting you. And especially the Colores, we're here to help with whatever we can. Um, Tell us, I guess, some of your hopes, dreams. I know you're a Dallas native, so if you want to talk about Dallas, you're free to do that as well. East Dallas all day, every day. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I grew up in East Dallas, Texas. um, And I'm I'm really proud of that because of the, um, just the community that's there, right? And then uplifting each other. Um, what else my hopes and dreams are really that the work that we're doing really is reflecting (coughs) well i mean even if it's like small policy changes i think if we start creating those ripples right it'll Mm -hmm. it'll lead up to federal change um sometimes i want to go big or go home right and it was you know meeting in dc getting called illegal and all that stuff that kept me in this fire um i you know i was mentioned in in an article for the dallas morning news and um my sister was like I fucking hate all these people in the comment section. So I was like, well, you know, oh, geez. let's go in this you comment section. I went and looked and it was a lot of people saying like calling my mom, you know, a criminal and mm. saying that she had smuggled me into the U.S., that I deserve to die. Like I didn't Jesus. deserve like ex- just existing <coughs> was too much for them. I was wow. like, barbecue, Becky, go on and get somewhere else, please. Oh, but um, Becky. Uh, I think um, we forget that we hold a lot of power with just existing. We don't need to show them that we're graduated from an Ivy league or that Mm -hmm. we give so much money to the economy to prove that we're worthy. So I think for me, it's like shifting the narrative that everyone deserves legalization, but also like the policy that we need to start implementing now. Um, I've considered law school, but I hate reading. (laughs) So I'm like, if I could just get a JD for free, I'd really appreciate that. Um, But obviously like, moving forward into this policy work and breaking that mold of all of this respectability politics shit i'm gonna roll up you know with ugk and my stereo and talking about going into a meeting because we are so used to having like these very pristine i can't talk to these folks as elected officials like clean records kind of folks in there and i think sometimes we make the mistake of just putting latinos in office just for the sake of having latinos in office but you need to realize who you're going to put into office Ah. sometimes Mm -hmm. it'll be like this latino who just wants the you know title and isn't doing absolutely anything or sometimes it'll be the exact opposite and you have these moderate republican latino latinas Mm -hmm. who 
are actually criminalizing our community even more. Right. And but they they have that last but name instead of uh, helping Ted Cruz. us. Yeah. Oh, Lord Jesus, Raphael Cruz. Hey, Raphael Cruz. Hey, hey let, let's just let's can we just call him Ted? He's Ted Cruz. All right. Okay, just, okay, um, okay. We'll let you have that. But one. yeah, I think it's important. You know, for me, I I really want to just. Um, if I could lead by example and show like you don't have to be super in the know, just you know talk to each other. And I I use politics as cheese, and I'm like, let me tell you what Ted did. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're like, what did he do? Um, so I think with just having keeping that in mind that that voting really is is a is a great channel to make change. So is um, civic engagement. You know, you don't have if if you can't vote right because we often leave that community out there's obviously different ways to get involved so this is a plug for the north texas dream team obviously yes. um so the organization is really working to um move some campaigns right with um, defunding ice we've seen a lot of abolish ice the ice was recently created it, it wasn't always there what is the background behind that if you can tell us quickly um so the, the these detention centers right that are being uh-huh. run and we've seen a lot of it in the news recently with like immigrant children like minors being held in cages and all of this other stuff these are private institutions that are funded by six big banks you got the wells fargo the chase the bank of america Uh. all of those folks so it's just like take your money out and really i mean that that will create a ripple effect right just taking your money out telling your folks to do the same thing because the more and it's really it's really ironic because it's our raza that is banking with a lot of mm-hmm. these folks because we don't know we don't and so it, it'll take a lot of education for that to happen but yeah just working with these campaigns um abolishing ice as an institution as a whole right because ice is the one that's going into these communities and detaining people just for the sake of detaining people mm-hmm. and so in in some counties you have um if if someone's taillight is broken and they get pulled over by a cop and and they don't know their rights that's automatic like detainment because Mm -hmm. some cops don't even know better and i've had two friends already this summer that were detained and it's a converse it's a call you never want to have um it i would rather they would have gone to that know your rights training than having to get a call from like your friend in the middle of the night saying i need help i know Mm -hmm. you're really involved and stuff but i also want to say like you can be involved too I know that what I've done and will continue to do is, is like cool and stuff, but it's also up to us to take that <coughs> initiative to roll with it too. Cause I think the more that you get educated on it, the more you can tell your friends and the more we normalize these conversations of knowing your rights, not talking to the cops and doing all of this other stuff. Because if not, I mean, we're always going to want to seek that one person, but what happens when that one person is, isn't, isn't there? So it, it's just, um, trying to make it a more normalized conversation to have with your peers i know politics isn't the one thing people want to talk about but if you just say amen like we talk about it a lot here because it's critical to our existence and i kidding i I, last episode i felt bad because i felt really hopeless because i was like what do you do when all these politicians aren't for you no matter what and and it feels like that drowning right yeah um but we are grateful you were here to visit again and you're welcome anytime uh this platform is as much for undocumented the undocumented community as it is for anybody else if you didn't already know that obviously um so please let us know however we can help what we can do um where can we find and follow you and support your work 
Absolutely. For, um, if you want to get more information a little bit about, you know, abolish ice or defund ice, um, anything, know your rights, you can visit the North Texas Dream Team. We are on Facebook as North Texas Dream Team, mm-hmm. on Twitter as North Texas Dream, and on Instagram with the same handle. Yeah. If you want to see my meme parades, you can follow me at Maria Yolis on Twitter. Um, I also uh, just do rants from time to time, but it's great. I love it. Can you see why we're friends? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for being here, Maria. We love you. We support you. We're always here for you. And we're so grateful that you came and shared your story with us because I know it's super personal. And maybe a lot of people don't know the details of a lot of your life. And so we're grateful that you opened opened up to us and trusted us with your story. And we hope that we brought a little bit of light to it and can help forward you and your movement. Thank you. In any way we can, we love you. Thank you for coming to the Colores Radio. Appreciate it. <laughs> Lovely. All right. So now we can officially jump into... Well, actually, I would like to say thank you again to Maria Yolisma Garcia for visiting the Colores Radio. It's always a blast to be around her, but also to have her on the show and hopefully have taught you all a thing or two because I learn things almost every time I talk to her. And it's great because I love learning new things and it reminds me how little I know of different human experiences. So, shout out to Maria. Thank you for being on the show. Now we can officially jump into Sing It For Me. Self-care corner. Oh my God, that was ugly. That's probably really bad for your throat. He smoked 85 I know how to use my throat. Thank you. (gasps) Oh my Gato. Like, so that I don't ruin my vocal Oh, yes, folds. you do. You're right. I forgot you're in theater. You know how to do it. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, now it's time for <laughs> self-care corner. I was trying to make it nicer because he did it all scary. So uh, I have this conversation a lot with a lot of people around me, like all the time. And I feel like I did it on the show before, but I don't remember. But I know this time of year, everybody's like really fat shaming themselves because mm-hmm. it's swimming season or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's like, I'm so fat. I can't eat that hot Cheeto. I'm like, girl, it's one hot Cheeto. Is it really going to do the damage? Um, and so I just want to remind everyone to love yourself at your size. I know it's fucking hard to do. I know everything in society is telling you to be thinner. Even if you're thin, you're sad because your ass isn't fat or your titties are small or whatever. Or you don't have a six pack or your arms are flabby. Whatever. Men, women, kids, everybody, everybody is constantly criticizing something about themselves. And we hate something about ourselves. And a lot of times I feel like a lot of the fat people I know that grew up fat are like, meh, I'm fat. It's fine. Like they've learned to love themselves because they were like fat for so long that they already process that most of the time. I'm not speaking for all fat people, but that's what the journey was like for me where it's like, I grew up fat. I know I'm fat. It's cool. I chose not to hate myself. Are there moments where you still get weak and you feel like... (coughs) you kind of do hate this part about yourself or the way that jiggles or hangs or whatever. Absolutely. Cause we're human and we still feel this way, but I want to remind you all to try your darndest to really love yourself at your size. And like, if you're trying to get healthier and exercise, absolutely. We should all be aiming for that all the time. Like, you know, whatever you can have body positivity and, and be bettering yourself, but do not tear yourself apart because obviously Our political climate and society already is constantly trying to do that and trying to get us to shame ourselves. 
if you're bloating, homegirl, it's okay. The body is natural. It's normal. It's what it is. So I just want to remind you, especially during swimming season, to just do the damn thing. Do wear what you want to wear. It's fucking hot outside. You finish those chicken nuggets. Finish those chicken nuggets. You're right. Yes. All 80 of them. Every last one. Yeah. Are you, you calling me out? No, I'm not. Okay. But you might have okay, called yourself out now. Oh, man. Um, well, no. Finish those chicken nuggets. Finish the chicken nuggets. Um, if we don't ever get sponsored by nuggets, then what is our point here? Because we constantly talk about them. However... Try your best to love yourself at your size. I'm working on it literally every single day. And I hope you all do too because you're beautiful as you are. And I know that's cheesy as hell, but I mean it. Okay? So that is the self-care corner of the week. Um, I'm just going to touch on this briefly, but we have a gray space coming up. I cannot release the name because it's pending currently still. But I can tell you what the theme is. And if you haven't guessed it already, it's in celebration of the lovely LGBTQIA plus community. And that will be the theme of our upcoming Gray Space event. So we're very excited about that. It should be mid-August. And we will give you final details um, hopefully by next episode. Um, So I apologize for not doing this sooner with all these themes we care very much about them all of them and i just want to find the right time to do them to highlight the community and especially when it goes hand in hand with things happening for us in dallas locally so i'm really looking forward to bringing in um, a lot of people representative of this community so we can hear their stories highlight them and and really give them some light that they deserve so yay for that our <coughs> our brown business of the week is one that I actually have not tried. I don't know if anybody else has, maybe. However, I wanted to, again, highlight someone from the LGBTQ community. And I asked my good friend, Sarah McCurria, for a recommendation. Because I got to go to somebody I trust. And she pointed me in the direction of Hey Sugar Cakes. It is black-owned, I believe, possibly Afro-Latino, but I cannot say for sure, so I should not say that. Um, However, it is a black-owned, LGBTQ-owned bakery. The cakes look amazing. So it's Hey Sugar Bakery. It's at 1005 Owen Wood Drive, Irving, Texas. You can call them at 214-989-7679 or email Kenny at heysugar.com. The cakes look amazing. Like, amazing. I'm looking forward to trying these cakes out. Um, Lots of really cool, detailed things. I saw one that was like the Beyonce logo that she did at Coachella. I was like, oh my God. So, clearly, I want to support this uh, company, and I'm very excited to have them featured as our Black Business of the Week at Hey Sugar on Instagram. <clears throat> now it is officially time for Who You Got with the Coco. Take it away, Pat. Do you know what that's from, Pat? <laughs> yes, I do. 
<laughs> Good old Johnny Canales. Um, <laughs> thank you. For thank you, Pat, for clarifying. <laughs> I'm tired. Um, Maria, you can join us because I know you yeah, got some Yeah, I feel ricks. like she would have something for who you got. Um, so I haven't been listening to a lot of new things. I know. Shocker. But it was because of, well, the Enver announced that they're doing like their final concert. And that was like one of the first like Latinx indie bands that I got into. So I've been listening to them a lot. And then also... Um, Interpol just released their new single and that's one of my favorite like indie bands I just grew up on and I love them a lot and they announced that they're coming to Dallas so y'all Lisa and I are gonna be there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah I've just been listening to a lot of my nostalgia feels music but um, going off on what Eva said for self-care corner I actually was reading um, The Body Is Not An Apology which is really good on like self-love for your body. And like it's a radical self-love book um, for everybody and every body, like every body figure. Yes. And it's by um, poet and activist Sonia Renee Taylor. I definitely recommend reading the book. It's it's a, pr- a pretty quick read. I'll probably pass it down to Eva to read because she told me she wanted to read it it's as well. It's been on my book list for like a year and I still haven't read it. So yeah, it's um, a really great book book to read right now in the summer especially like with what she was saying with self-love and your body and all different shapes and sizes you shouldn't this wasn't planned this wasn't planned this was that's why it was just funny that she was doing that so yeah i wanted to highlight that book and recommend it also thank you to jaime dominguez who recommended um rosalia's new single i was checking her out and she was pretty i like the song um malamente i think is the single that just released i believe she's spanish it was pretty cool so yeah that's all i got Yolisma. Y'all really do not give me the mic. <laughs> we got a whole minute for you. Go. Um, my Who You Got is actually an artist that I went to go see recently. Shut up. Um, you know, it's a very underrated album, I think, for a lot of folks. And as a very obscure indie art- so artist crazy. aficionado, um, going to the show was a little... Uh, frightening, but Harry Styles. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say Harry Styles. I told y'all in this household, <laughs> you do not. And I'm just kidding. It was it was actually really interesting going to the show. Um, granted, I only maybe like heard one song, but it was quite the experience. Though I wasn't crying like a lot of the girls around me. It was still really awesome. Uh, I did not know Casey Musgraves, but um, a lot of people a like lot her. of people like her, and it was really interesting to see how many people messaged me after the show saying like wow i didn't know he was even in town i had some folks tell me too they're like that's honestly my guilty pleasure as well so it was like i was not in bad company um but should you need to listen to someone new and someone you you may not want to i definitely recommend you are not recommending it for one direction Harry Styles. <laughs> I revoke you from going to any show. No, no I still want to go to Interpol, you. please. That's what I revoke uh, you. Like she said, I rebook you in the name of Los Bookies. <laughs> doing like, like a exorcist. Yeah. She's such an Aries. Bueno, gracias, chicos. Aquí les paso el micrófono. Thank you, Maria. <coughs> Rafael, what do you got? I listened to the new Black Thought Streams of Thought Volume 1 EP came out last week as well. Might have been overheard or not listened to as much because of the Daytona album, which is also fire. What about also like uh, we did not Bender Bending Rodriguez is my name. At this podcast, we did not listen to Kanye West's albums. We did not. So none just to make it clear, yeah, <clears throat> none of us. Let's keep it real. Because Streams of Thought, Volume One EP, Black Thought. Listen to it; you'll understand why he's one of the goats. 
like the best rappers. MCs? Rapper? MC. I'm sorry. He he I epitomizes he epitomizes what it means to be an MC. He's also just a great human, in my opinion, from what I've seen. Yes. Yes. Please don't disappoint me because every time I say something about somebody I like. Hopefully, I don't think that Black Thought would do that, but that's my who you got for this episode, Black Thought. Great. I'm glad because the thing on here misled me. Did it? What is? On the script. Um, but it's oh. fine. Oh. Um, oh, I was ready for that one. So, yeah, my that who you got uh, is actually a TV show. Shocker. I know. I really do listen to music, y'all. I promise. Um, <clears throat> I watched the pilot of this show. And I was thrilled to have seen it. It is Pose FX, um, in keeping with the theme of supporting the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, Pose, everybody gets a little bit iffy, and you'll hear on our next De Cocotazo, I won't spoil it for you, um, but Ryan Murphy's work is, you know, he's a little bit iffy because he's, you know, and... I still appreciate his work and I know he means well, but you know, it, it was just a little bit of a concern and he hired a lot of black and brown people from the LGBTQ community to work on this. And it's actually really great. I really love it. It's really powerful. Um, if you love the drag ball scene at all, it is everything. Uh, it is so good. It feels like an ode to Paris is burning. Was it the only? Was it and only? I or am, did you cry? Because I, I didn't cry. I teared up and got emotional at the end. That's. I mean, I see with reason. It's just really. It's a great show, and I am very happy to witness it in my lifetime. So check out Pose FX, and that is all we have for who you got with the Coco this week, and that wraps it up for us at the Colores Radio. Don't forget to share the podcast and follow us on social media. Subscribe and leave us a darn review. I'm going back to the country accent. Oh, Jesus. Uh, That part is going to kill me to re-listen to. Uh, We'd love to keep growing, so please share it with your family and friends. Or, I said your racist grandma last time. What is wrong with me? Um, Let us know what your favorite part was. Please go leave us a review. I go check reviews like once a week. And then I get sad because y'all don't leave them very often. And I'm like, I just want to know that somebody's listening. Are you out there? Um, So please go leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts if you can. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, Tweet us or hit us up. We love hearing from you all. We could not go on without your support. Tell everyone you love to follow us at The Colores Co. If you enjoy our personal thoughts, you can follow me at Eva Arreguin. Watch out for my Twitter account because apparently everything I say is a problem. Uh, Rafa at Exile on all social media and Pat at Pat literally dot Arreguin. She changed her whole at on Instagram. No, I changed it on Twitter so that it would be funny to say Pat spelled out dot Arreguin. Our theme song is Cumbia Anthem by El Dusty. Our audio editor is Jason Ramirez. We promise to keep growing and providing you with entertaining content and more importantly, a platform for your voices and work to be lifted. Don't forget to support and follow our guest, Maria Yolis Garcia at Maria Yolis and support the North Texas Dream Team because if you're looking for anybody to be, that's doing it out here in Dallas, Texas or in North Texas, it is them for you, the undocumented you. community. Contact us on social media or email 
email us at thecoloriscollective at gmail.com. Thank you so much again for listening. And join us again next time for the Day Colorist Radio. The Day Colorist Radio. Yeah.